Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm here in the studio today with our guest. He helps businesses grow through the power of leadership um, and he's very passionate about what he does and there's a story behind how he got into it, which I'm very much looking forward to getting into. He is Dave Morris from Zentano. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, Dan. Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming in. First of all, that's okay. This is going to be fun. Um, so your website is zentanogroup.com. It is, yeah. People want to find out more about you. Um, but first of all, we're going to sort of go back a bit and find out a bit more about you and and where you've come from and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, you're Worcester based at the I moment. Am, yeah, yeah. Have you always been Worcester based, or are you? Uh, no, Bristol boy by birth. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bristolian yeah, yeah. by birth. Um, left there to live in Cheltenham around 1997 i think it was okay i lived in cheltenham for 12 years okay really enjoyed my time in cheltenham yeah and uh, then i met my wife and now wife and she was a worcester uh, based so i moved up to worcester about 10 years ago okay excellent yeah. all right cool well yeah i know there's a there's a story about why you got into doing what you what you do at the moment and everything um, yes. which we'll, we'll get to in a bit what uh what was young dave like then like, growing up in bristol what were you uh what were you into? <laughs> um, I was, um, football was one of my, yeah. yeah. I mean, sport's always been a big thing for me. I can remember as a kid, because um, we're talking obviously pre-internet days here, yeah. um, you know, I used to devour books on the Olympics and football. Anything sporting-wise I was really into. Right, okay. Um, and, but, but particularly reading about inspirational characters. I, I quite liked inspirational characters. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why. I always have done. Yeah. Um, so I used to, yeah, I used to sort of really devour that stuff. And I, at the time, I used to remember so many, what you'd call, you know, interesting but probably useless facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, I, and that just sort of piqued my interest to sort of learn about stuff that I was interested in, really. Okay, so um, you were learning facts about those people and that sort of thing, mm, or just generally? Yeah, about the people, but also generally. Yeah. I, mean, I remember reading, you know, about people like Pele and stuff like that when I was reading about the, the history of the World Cup and stuff and it's like fascinating about these people and where they've come from and yeah, you know, why, yeah. why do they get to where they are yeah. What route did they go? And all that's really always interested me. Okay. Well, what sort of effect did that have on you as a kid when you were, when you were little? And I think, I mean, my, my childhood, it wasn't the worst childhood that anyone's ever had, but it was, it was difficult in places. So I think when I was very young, my, my birth father left. I was about two and a half. Never seen him since. Right, so okay. Since about the age of two and a half, three. Right. Uh, Mum got remarried um, and, I, and then had an, another, another uh, daughter, was mm -hmm. my, one of my sisters. Um, and then around about the age of nine, my that dad died of a brain tumor, so I oh, lost right, a second wow. father. Right. Um, so I think in many ways, some of that sporting stuff was an escape from some quite traumatic childhood mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, sure. But I, I also had, and this is probably where we'll get to, is the inspiration in my life, which I didn't realize quite as much at that time as I do now looking back, was my grandfather, so my mum's right. dad, who he's got a whole story of his own, which is like, you know, very inspirational yeah and he he was my constant if you like in terms of um a father figure uh -huh. but he was he was a, a guy that had always instilled a, a thirst of learning in 
in his own children and in us as grandchildren. Okay. So he, he used to sort of like encourage that, you know, that curiosity to learn stuff just for the sake of learning it and, right. and stuff that you're interested in. You know, why just learn more? Don't, you can never learn too much. Yeah, um, yeah. And to give an example, I mean, he, he's, he died a couple of years ago. Um, he was not far short of 101 years old when he died. Oh. But even in his, in his 90s, he asked my mum for a book on quantum physics one Christmas <laughs> just because he was interested in finding out more about it. That was kind really? of the guy he was, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So he was just that whole life of a thirst for learning. And I think some of that rubbed off on me. Okay. I just think, you know, that's the way he was. That's what he instilled. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, now I try and instill that in my own children now. Yeah. That actually, learning is a great thing. Yeah, And you yeah. can never stop. You can never get too much of it. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. Mm. And I guess what I've found over the last few years is that like learning kind of it doesn't have to be the way we learn at school it can take so many different forms as well and you've got to enjoy it i think the thing is learning you have to enjoy learning because mm. if it becomes a slog it's like anything isn't it if it becomes a slog um we probably won't do it yeah, yeah. so i mean i'm in some ways quite traditional i do like reading books and, and magazines and stuff mm -hmm. I, I quite i'm an audio learner so i quite like podcast podcast yeah. for me yeah and obviously now in the modern world where video is everywhere i, I do yeah. like the visual aspects of that as well so i've probably got a multi preference for how i learn yeah yeah, yeah. okay excellent yeah. so were you were you kind of quite good at school or what were you like academically and uh, i was okay i yeah. mean i um i had to work hard i wasn't one of these people that just sort of learnt stuff and remembered it. I had to work hard to, for it to go in and stay in. Right, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I, I achieved, I achieved, I don't know, seven, eight, nine O-levels. Yeah. I, I took A-levels, but I don't think I was ever really fully into the A-level, and I took the wrong ones. So I took maths, physics, and chemistry, God knows okay. why, <laughs> and they were hard slogs. But actually, that, at that point, I think, I, I got to the point where I wanted to go into the world of work. So I didn't go to university. I never had a, an ambition right. to go to university. Okay. Um, yeah. I wanted to go and earn some money yeah. and actually spread my wings and enjoy myself a bit, um, as, as a lot of lads at that time did, you know, get some money, enjoy life, go and see a bit of the world, mm. which I did do. Um, but I also, yeah, got to my mid-twenties and then thought I do need a career. Now I need to get a bit serious <laughs> about, about my career. Yeah. Um, and, and then kick back into the learning again and say, okay, well, what am I going to learn next? What am I going to do next? Okay. So yeah. what did you choose to sort of learn some things to um, take you to the next phase? Or was this kind of more like... Um, your own learning and your own interests. And I think I think I can't remember exactly the age, but around say around the age of say twenty five, I got asked to get involved in some training for the business that I worked with. So mm -hmm. I worked for um, NatWest Insurance Services, which at the time was a big, big um, insurance brokers in Bristol. Right, eighteen hundred people worked there, something like that. It's a big place, right? Um, and a lot of people in my age group, you know, it, it was a great place to work. Um, but they brought some training consultants in. And they wanted to run a communications program to the whole business. And they, they didn't want the um, training to be just delivered by external people. They wanted to train up internal people to deliver it. Okay. And for some reason, yeah. I can't remember why, but I got, one, I got the gig, basically, yeah. as one of the 10 people, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and that was my first real exposure to doing, you know, people development in a serious way. Yeah. And I loved it. It was hard because I was still relatively young. Yeah. And I was, you know, actually asked to train people that had been in the business for 30 years. I was going to say, was that weird? Like, mm. did they sort of take you seriously? And They did. Yeah. But, it, but I think, and I think some of the barriers at that point were in my own head. Yeah. They weren't real right, barriers. Okay. They were like, we have that imposter syndrome where I'm, are you sure I'm good enough yeah. to do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I, I, I did seem to, Thrive in it, I did, at it. Yeah, it did seem to be actually, this is what I like doing. I'm good at right. this. Um, 
And then I, I think all of my job jobs since then have had some aspect of coaching, training, of developing people in them right. um, to varying degrees. Yeah. And it's always been the parts of my jobs that I've enjoyed. Okay. So all the other stuff I've had to do, none <laughs> of it's been as much enjoyment as the developing people bit. Okay. So that's probably okay. why ultimately I ended up going down the route that I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So from uh, from that point in that West then when you, you discovered that, did you did you stay there for a well, length of time or, or I did. I did I did I mean I I did some um operational leadership stuff in a call centre that they had. Um, so I, I did some sort of junior leadership roles there and, and that right. those in those involved coaching and training. Yeah. And then in the early 90s when the banks were really going heavily into financial services someone said you, you, should, you should go and um, be a financial advisor in one of the branches because you'd be great at that mm-hmm. i thought oh sales that sounds like a career yeah. yeah so i went for it got got the job and that was that was the next few years there I was out in the branches in bristol as a financial advisor for the bank okay um, and ultimately the reason i left the bank was i, I didn't like the way they managed people right at that, at okay. that time it, I, it was quite micromanagement um, okay. orientated yeah. um and i thought no I'm, I'm i'm too old in the tooth for this so i, I went <laughs> to be an independent financial advisor okay working for a small sme based in um, brentwood in essex okay and we serviced the affinity group market so nurses midwives uh, teachers civil servants that, that we, we, we you know, serviced that, that clientele. Okay. And I really right. enjoyed that. That's when I, I yeah. moved to Cheltenham, I think, around about that point. Um, and then I just progressed through that into sales management. Uh, and then ultimately my last employed job was head of professional development for a wealth management company right, based okay. in London. So that was probably a seat, a seat, what you call a senior management role there, where you're on the proposition steering group and you're having some quite high level conversations about where the business is going. Yeah. Um, and that was enjoyable. Um, but I, I, the only reason I left that was um, redundancy. I had right. financial services as you know was was going through a period at the time where there was lots of amalgamations and acquisitions and what have you, and that always there's always casualties of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, the wealth management company wasn't making as much money as the parent company would like. Right. So what's the first thing you get rid of? Training. Yeah. <laughs> isn't always the, the right decision. But seems bizarre sometimes yeah, it does when you think bizarre. about it. Yeah. Um, but okay. actually, do you know what? It was the kick in the bum that I needed to go and do what I really probably always thought in the back of my mind I wanted to do was run my own business. Yeah. I'd always okay. thought about it and thought, yeah, yeah, quite like the thought of it. Right. Frightened the life out of me in terms of how would you, <laughs> how would you do that and survive? And But I thought, no, actually, I, I was in my mid-40s by then. I thought, if you don't do this now, you probably won't ever do it. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes these things happen for a reason. Let's just bite the bullet yeah. and do it. And that was 2011. And well, Nine years later, I'm still doing it. So <laughs> it must be doing something. Must be right. doing something right. Yeah. Where did that sort of uh, drive to run your own business come from? Do you think? Um, do you know what? I I, I really don't know. I, I I've often thought. I wonder if that comes from slightly difficult experiences as a child and not wanting to go back to that or not wanting that to be, you know, how my adult life pans out. I, I don't know. Well, in terms of kind of financially. Yeah, or, yeah, or just yeah. yeah, yeah, or just actually at that time maybe i thought i was struggling to sort of fulfill my full potential and actually i would have always wanted to fulfill my own potential whatever that meant right okay. um, yeah whether some of that is inherent in in you in your genes i mean you know you, you could argue <laughs> whether some of this is, is nurture or nature couldn't you and i'm yeah, sure there's a yeah. there's probably an argument for both sides of the of the coin on this um was some of that instilled in me before i you know i don't know but 
it's always been there. I think the drive to be successful yeah. has always been there. In my earlier years, it was the confidence to do stuff that got in the way. Right, so like okay. a lot of people yeah. who don't fulfill their potential, it's often confidence that gets in the way. Mm. Yeah, mm. And I like, and yeah you can, absolutely. You can understand that from the, the, the experiences I had as a child, but yeah. that doesn't have to stop you. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, so did you have to kind of consciously work through that yeah. to... Yeah, you do. Yeah. Get to where you needed to be. Yeah, you have to you have to change your mindset around stuff. Mm. Okay. So one of the things Rich and I do a lot of work now in our coaching and, and developing people is around confidence and mindset. Yeah. Because change is often a blocker to it, is in the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you you've you've just been made redundant then and and you sudden sort of think, right, this is my chance. I'm gonna Go for it. What what happens next? Yeah, and can you believe I was also starting a family at the same time as well? And I, I hadn't long moved to Worcester, so I'd, I'd changed my hometown. I was about to start to have a family, and oh look, let's just start a business at the same time, <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Why not? But I thought, well, you know, what have you got to lose? My wife said to me, "Okay, if you want to try it, fine. If you can't make the money within a couple of years, go. You have to go and get another job." I said, no, "That's that's fair." Yeah, you know, you got to give this thing a couple of years, but um, but I was then determined. I thought, well, she's given me the green light. I'm not going to fail at this. Yeah. So I need to l- learn what running a business is all about. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes because you know everyone does, but you got to learn from those mistakes quickly, and and then you know build up what you want yeah. to do. And yeah, yeah, and and that's how it's worked. You know, I I don't profess to know all the answers. Never have done. Probably never will do. But I've learned. I'm always. I've always learned from my mistakes. I've always mm. been keen to know more about what I need to know to to do these things, mm. um, and and that's how I've operated really. Yeah. But mainly yeah. checking checking that my mind's not getting in the way. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Did you find? Because I know for me, when I was going through my career change journey, if you like, yeah. um, like the thing of having a young family actually I found to be a big motivator for making change to set a good example and that sort of thing do that yeah it's a good point I've got two young, I've got two young daughters who so are now eight and six so I think for me if you had said to me what's your biggest motivation at the moment it is it is my kids because mm-hmm. I want I want to give them a good lifestyle of course I do mm-hmm. but I also want to to understand that actually if you if you if you put hard work into things, if you focus, if you, you know, um, practice and, and build up your skills and your knowledge, that there's not necessarily a limit to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, don't don't limit yourself by what you think in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, actually. So and um, yeah, so I, I do want to do this to give them a good lifestyle, be a good role model. That is part of my motivation. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, so that yeah. I, that's probably helped rather than hindered. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's. Yeah, it's easy to kind of say, oh, you know, I've got to take the safe yeah. route and everything at that stage, isn't it, when you've got a young family? But actually the other the other side of it is I've got to take the risk and, you know, set an example and show them what we can do. I, I, yeah, and I think I'm, I wouldn't class myself as a massive risk taker, but I'm certainly not um, low risk either. Yeah, okay. I think so. I do, I like to take sort of managed risks, if you like, mm-hmm. you know. But I've always had that in me. I think I've always had, that's always been part of who I am. Right. Okay. But maybe I didn't unleash that early enough because confidence often got in the way. Yeah. And that's yeah. true for a lot of people. I think you know we we can sometimes develop later because actually early on in our lives other stuff gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, can also easily kick ourselves for not developing earlier. Yes. Uh, I know I've done that as yeah. well. Where you're like, oh, I wish I'd have done this years ago. But everyone's got their own 
timeline, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah, and, and I've never thought like that. I, and I don't. I think it's because actually, what's the point? Because actually, I didn't do stuff that I'm doing now earlier. Yeah, it's more about actually where I am now, where I'm going. That matters to me more than I, I've learned from where I've come from, and it's yeah. been. I've got a hugely valuable experience that I can use in my life now from mm. where I have been. But actually, yeah. I'm here now. Yeah, it's now yeah. that matters and it's the future that matters yeah so um yeah you can always i think you can always regret things can't you yeah yeah, yeah. but like you say there's no point you just gotta no get to where you are and yeah. uh well be where you are and, and keep going I mean, yeah <laughs> and, and you know would you if if you lived your life again would you make different choices most people probably would wouldn't they but um, yeah sure that's not going to happen so um yeah 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 as long as you yeah as long as you can get to the point where you don't regret not having done things, I suppose that's uh, that's the main thing, isn't it? And, and, and running the business is is one thing that I will never regret doing. This has been mm. a fantastic experience for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. talk to us a little bit more then about that that time when you're starting the business and uh, and, and getting things up and running. So that was the point where I think I was, I was thinking like, why do I want to run a business first of all? And I think part of that was like, I want to control my own future. I want to control my own destiny, if you like. Mm. Part of it is was about actually, in terms of what you want to achieve with the rest of your life, tapping into what that was. You know, what what's my strong sense of purpose? And that's where I went back to my granddad. Because mm -hmm. if I tell you a little bit about his background, you'll kind mm. of understand. Yeah. Yeah. So my granddad was born in um, 1916. Mm -hmm. um, he was born into abject poverty. Uh, his his mum. It was his mum and his brother. Um, there was, of course, no NHS then. There was no, there was no sort of um, protection from the state in the, the mm -hmm. way we have now. Yeah. So his mum had, and there was no dad on the scene. Right. Okay. Um, so he, his mum had to work. So him and his brother were often left alone, <laughs> um, living in poverty. Mm. Um, but yes, they went to school, but you know, school wasn't like it is now. Um, he, he was obviously, obviously, a very bright child. But obviously, schooling didn't really do a great deal for him. Yeah. So he came out of. Um, school around the age of 14 and decided that he was going to make a life for himself. So he, he joined Rolls-Royce okay. uh, and, and based on the shop floor and worked himself up. Right. But what he did was he went on a, on a, on a, um, a lifelong learning you know, journey. Right. So he self-taught himself, basically. Okay. So this is a guy who joined Rolls-Royce broadly around the age of 16. Yeah. And by the age of 29 was offered a bursary at Oxford University. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Because he'd studied himself yeah. a variety of topics yeah and he didn't take it only because he had young children he thought well, i don't want to be away from home and away from my children so i'm not going to take that opportunity but yeah. that's what he was offered so a completely self-made person yeah yeah um and then and then he didn't know he he worked his way all the way through up in rolls royce he stayed there i think the whole of his working life right. got into senior management roles um and retired in his 60s right yeah um and had had a successful working career, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But but because of this thirst for learning, he 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 was always one of those guys when you talked to him that um, he seemed to know a lot about a lot of stuff. Right. Okay. Just because he studied. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And and he was a very, I, I would call it emotionally intelligent person before ever anyone knew what that was. Yeah. <laughs> he was compassionate. He was empathetic. So there was a lot a lot of sides to his character that actually now when you look at what we want our leaders to be, you say well. He was it. He was probably ahead of his time in many ways. Yeah. And a lot of that was self-taught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he, when you, when I looked back on it, thinking in 2011, thinking, well, I love developing people. 
And I now understand with the benefit of hindsight what that person did for me at a time in my life when I probably needed someone like that person in my life. Mm. Yeah, and he'd, he'd always been that constantly. I would say he's probably the one person that's always understood me better than anybody. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were pretty close to him yeah, when you were young. on the same wavelength, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, actually, this is what my purpose is. I, I love helping people do the best they can do, the best they can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I want to spend the rest of my working life doing. Mm. And, and having him as that inspiration in the back of my mind for doing that because if I can be half as good at that commercially as he was for me as an individual yeah. <laughs> then I'm going to have a decent business so yeah. that was the that was if you like was the the inspiration behind yeah I'm going to do this okay. I'm going to make this work yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. and although he's not with us anymore he's still in the back of my mind he is always that inspiration in the back of my mind I know where I've come from and and how, how much I owe a debt of gratitude to him for for being the person that he was. So, Being there, okay, yeah. amazing, yeah. cool. And let's face it, leadership should be, if you're going to be a good leader, it should be about inspiration, some of it, shouldn't it? You should mm. be able to inspire other people, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I think the thing I learned about leadership a while ago was that you you can be a leader, like everyone's a leader to some degree in, in, you know, in whatever role it is. You don't have to be like a senior leader in a, company or something you can be even on the, the shop floor probably like your granddad was he probably acted like a leader to some degree yeah you know um yeah well you're lead, yeah you're right leaders leaders can, can be at any any level in an organization um because there's leadership and management and the two things are are, are sort of slightly different um but yeah, leader, leaders can be anywhere in an organisation, and, and and so they should be. Probably, you know, we don't yeah. have to have all the power at the top, do we? That's no. not the way it should no. work. So, uh, when Rich and I, as a, as a business owners, talk to people about leadership, it's not about having all the power. Yeah. In, in many ways, it's, it's about the opposite. It's about sharing the power. Yeah, enabling people. Enabling people. Yeah, and and using the the, the knowledge and skills and what have you that you've got in the business for the greater good of. The business and all the clients that you serve you know that's that's yeah. the whole point of leadership get the best out of your team yeah it's not yeah. about you as an individual yeah it's about the team isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah that's mm. right that, they say you should um leaders should kind of take the flat take the flak when it goes wrong but when it goes well they should be uh, you know giving the praise to <laughs> everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess the buck stops with you sometimes doesn't it yeah <laughs> yeah no but that is right isn't it you 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 the problem I have with modern leadership, and, I, and, and okay, you can talk about it from a political point of view, and I, I think that, that there's not been a great many what I would call really good leaders, role models in, in recent times. Mm. But I think for me, yeah, leadership is about actually you're an enabler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you set, yes, you, you will to a certain extent set the direction. Mm. Yeah, you'll, 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 you'll embed the purpose, and, and so you should. But ultimately, you're an enabler because you can't do it all yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, depending on what level you're leading at, the role is slightly different. Okay, yeah. But ultimately, you're enabling the whole team mm -hmm. to deliver. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, which is very different to the way people may think of leadership initially as sort of like pulling yeah. everyone along with them or something, I suppose. Yeah, but you can't always pull people along because they don't no. want to go. <laughs> so there's, yeah. a, there's a push and a pull to this, isn't there? Yeah, you know, sometimes you just have to set the environment where people yeah. want to give you their best. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So when you when you first started then back in 2011, did you know what you wanted to teach people then after you had mm. that 
inspiration. No, no I didn't. And I, one of the things I did, you know, again, tapping into that whole thirst for learning thing, I, I thought, actually, what I'm going to do is going to try and earn some money in the short term, but I'm going to take a diploma in, in um, executive coaching and leadership mentoring. Because okay. actually, I really right. fancy learning a lot more about if I'm going to make this my career for the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really want to develop myself Mm-hmm. you know, and to be the best I can possibly be at that. And that was a good decision because it was a postgraduate level qualification. So it's not, okay. it wasn't easy. Yeah. It took me 15 months to do it, but it, it, it almost got me back in love with learning again. Cause I kind of fallen out of the habit of doing at that point as okay. much learning as I had in previous years. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so enjoyable to do. And it was also, it gave me practical ideas about how I wanted to, build the business and what I wanted to do with it. Right, okay. So that was a really good decision. Um, didn't find the assignments <laughs> that easy because <laughs> you have yeah. to limit your words and stuff. But it, but it, the actual learning experience was great. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, and yeah. one of the challenging things was um, a diploma like that asks you to put time aside for reflect reflection and reflective learning. Mm-hmm. And if you understand how adults learn, one of the key things is we have to put time aside for reflection. Okay. Yeah. Right. And of course, in the modern world where we're all so busy, yeah. What's the first thing that goes? Yeah. 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 There was a study by um, a leadership institute back in 2010 that's at that, at that point said that only two percent of adults or leaders, sorry, say, put time aside to work on themselves. Two mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I doubt in the last ten years that's got any higher that that figure. Yeah. Yet these are the people that are helping us. Lead, lead in our businesses yeah. and they're not putting time aside to help them to help develop, them, their, to develop their themselves yeah yeah and and it, so it, I, and I know it's difficult because we've all got you know a huge amount of challenges in our time but actually if we don't come out of that comfort zone and don't challenge ourselves and don't reflect we're not going to grow and learn yeah okay okay yeah. so that 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 to me doing lots and lots of reflective learning was a really powerful experience what does that kind of look like in in reality? Like when you say, you know, putting time aside to reflect and reflective learning, what what would you what would you sort of say to someone to actually do? So it depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone I'm coaching, yeah. yeah so while I, w- I would, we, obviously they, they will set the tone from what they want to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a, a coach really is just, again, is a guide and enabler, mm. yeah, to help them find the answer to the things they want to find answers to. Yeah. So uh, if they talk to me in a coaching session, I will then say to them, okay, the important thing is to go and reflect on what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Think about what you were thinking, feeling, doing, mm-hmm. learning, yeah, what insights you got, and then what you're going to go and do with that. Okay. So it's, it's just, so it, it might be that someone puts half an hour aside, 10 minutes aside. I don't think the time necessarily is critical. It, it's the fact that you do it and do it regularly. Okay. Um, yeah. And just go and work out what you're going to do with what you've learned. Yeah. Okay. What are you yeah, going to do yeah. differently? Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you're going to stop doing? Anything you're going to continue doing or do more of? Is there anything you need to start mm. doing because you're not doing it now? It's mm. those kind of things. Um, but if you don't put the time aside, you've almost not got the most value out of the conversation that you've just had with somebody. Yeah. Which you've probably paid for, your company's paid for. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Um, so I can point you in lo- loads of people that we've coached. Yeah. And they have embraced reflective learning. Mm-hmm. They've always been the people who've got the most out of coaching. Right. Okay. Always. Yeah. 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 yeah it's interesting because, like you know, like you, I listen to loads of podcasts, and mm-hmm. 
you know, audio books and that sort of thing. And it's normally kind of the first thing I go for, you know, if I've got a, a spare minute, if I'm walking back home from the studio or something, you know, the podcast on. But in recent months, I've sort of sometimes decided to just either have silence or put some music on or something yeah. just so, to stop kind of the input, I suppose, so much and think about, just think for a minute and have yeah. a bit of space. And there's a lot of research that says actually the... the uh, we talk about we call it journaling because journaling can take oh, yeah. all sorts of of um, forms. Mm. But the the very act of just stopping, mm. you know, getting getting in touch with your thoughts and actually writing stuff down. I think the key is actually writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that could take a form of if if you're going through quite tough times, just processing emotions can actually be really powerful. Mm. Just getting it out of your head onto paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, we Rich and I do it sometimes for those reasons, but we also use it as a business tool. So we mm. use it to prioritize workload. We use it to make sure we manage tasks. Mm. We make sure we uh, plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We do it to process stuff that we need to think about and, and work through. Yeah. So we do it on a multi-level really, but we do it um, daily, both of us. Right. Okay. Probably no, for no more than uh, five, 10 minutes at a time. So what, just to kind of get out of your head all the things, so whether it's tasks or thoughts yeah. or anything, just get it down. Get it down, look at it, think, okay, what what, 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 what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, depends what it is. But that habit of doing it a little bit and often, yeah. Yeah, so maybe five, 10 minutes in the morning, five, 10 minutes uh, in, in the evening or end of the end of your working day. I mean, again, it, the timing you do it is, is really up to you. Mm. It's a very personal thing. Um, is hugely beneficial. So I would say when, when two years ago we, we sat down and said, we really want to grow our business. We've got some yeah. ambitions for this business beyond where we're at right now. Yeah. We found a framework to grow the business, which we're following through on. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a permanent change of discipline and structure that we put in place. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we put this um, commitment to, to journaling in there alongside it to make sure we didn't lose the benefits right, those okay. two things to get together have allowed us to grow the business even through you know a year like this year where you've had this pandemic yeah. to deal with which has been quite challenging because we lost yes. all of our work overnight you can imagine yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so i think those those disciplines have been really really helpful right okay yeah. and and so with with journaling there's something i've always one because I've had a little go at it here and there, and um, you know, let it go. <laughs> yeah, as you do. But do you kind of write it in a book that you then come back to, or is it just a case of get it out and you get it out from your head, get it down on paper, and turn the page and move on to the next day, kind of thing? Depends, depends what type of journaling you're doing. I think it, when right. you're pressing emotional stuff, yeah, mm. actually, the the science would say you could actually just dump your thoughts uncensored just yeah. dump it onto a bit of paper good and bad yeah and you can screw it up and chuck it away because actually the benefit is just writing it down you've yeah. emptied your head of it you don't have to look back and reread it if you don't want to yeah. um and what Rich and i do is something called bullet journaling so okay. it's, it's um there's a methodology behind it there's a guy out there who's created a whole website and right. written books about <laughs> it and everything and bullet journaling is um a methodology where it's partly about task management it's about prioritization of workload but it's also about you know dumping your thoughts and, and just working through those so we mm -hmm. have a nice little book little mm -hmm. um blank page book mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a methodology behind how you use that and we just use that every day right just okay. writing that every day yeah okay yeah you each have your own ones yeah, each oh, have yeah, our own ones, yeah. yeah. no one no one sees mine it's only no, me, no, me no, sees no. it yeah 
Um, do I ever look back on some of the brain dump stuff I've done? Not very often, because I've, yeah. I've moved on by then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, the task and prioritization stuff. Yes, I do. That's mm. all, the whole point mm. of it. Um, but no, it's it's a really powerful tool, and good good leadership probably requires us to do that reflective learning. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got me uh, hungry for <laughs> it again. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get back on it. But yeah, I mean, check out check out you know, um, bulletjournaling.com. Okay. Is, is the website to go to there's, there's some really good information on it uh, it's a good starting point for anybody okay excellent yeah, yeah. Have a look. and this is probably a bit of a silly question but do you think there's a difference between writing it with a pen and paper and typing it on a computer uh yes i've i've tried both yeah um i mean rich as a as a um, he's an ex-senior IT leader before he became a, right. a, a coach. I should probably say Rich is your business, partner, business partner for anyone yeah. that hasn't worked that out. Yeah, <laughs> he's tried. He's certainly tried um, doing using technology solutions to do this stuff, and he said it didn't, didn't work for him really. And he comes yeah. from a technology background. Is for yeah. me, I've always been. No, I quite like that. Should doing it in writing. So yeah. we have we have tried sort of doing uh, some stuff using technology, but for us, no, it's the old-fashioned way of pen and paper. Just seems yeah. to be the best way. Yeah, yeah no, I totally yeah. agree. I've. Um, I, 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 I don't know why it is, but somehow it's, I don't know, maybe you're more connected to it. You haven't got the so. screen sort of getting in the way of your thoughts or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there, there is just something about writing it down that seems to be really powerful. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's no, that's how, how we do it. Yeah. 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 And, and when I've done it a, a, a little bit in the past, um, it's been quite good to look back on it like a year later or something occasionally just to sort of remember where i was a year ago and look at how you know how far i've come that's when i've one one other benefit i found from it but I, yeah i think I, I probably have done that probably when I, i've journaled sort of for my own personal benefit like if i wanted to improve my um health and well-being so yeah I've, I've done some journaling outside of my work stuff uh, okay, around right. that um so specific to your sort of goals on yeah, getting fit my, my and goals on sort, sort of well-being thing. goals yeah oh, right, okay. um and, and and sometimes looking back on that is is quite actually oh yeah look, look what I wrote down a year ago and look yeah I definitely moved myself forward okay or actually in that maybe that era I haven't I've sort of slipped backwards okay well let's pick that back up and go again yeah um, it can be quite beneficial yeah. yeah but I don't do a huge amount of that I have to say as I said I'm, I'm more about the here and now and the future for me yeah than I yeah. am too much about looking back I've hopefully learned the lessons from the back from the the past and then yeah and and, and I'm using that to go forwards. Yeah, that seems like a pretty uh, good place to be in. <laughs> yeah, so we that philosophy is what we take into it, how we develop leaders. Now we 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 keep banging on about the importance of reflective learning as as part of your your development as a leader. It's yeah, really yeah. Okay, okay. So you went and you went and did the postgraduate um, degree diploma diploma. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then that that as you said sort of gave you some ideas for how to practically structure this this stuff into the way you were going to teach it did you but you didn't obviously well presumably you didn't have any clients at this stage or I did you start I, to I picked up um in my in my first year of being I was self-employed at that point that's before Zentana was born yeah. um, I did pick up I, I did some work for a friend of mine who runs um care home for children okay. care homes for children and, and he wanted his management team um, as part of a change program that he wanted to implement to have some coaching mm -hmm. to build their self-awareness and self-management so that mm -hmm. they could cope with the change. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really challenging environment to work in anyway. Children's care homes are a very challenging mm -hmm. environment. So I did some some work for a few months with them and that, and that allowed me to really, you know, embed 
some of the ideas I had and, okay. and that went well. And then you just you know you just you just um, build out your your practice from there really. I mean, mm. we've, I've obviously moved on a lot in the last nine years in terms of. Yeah, you, I think of you always have to sort of uh, not change for change's sake, but you have to sort of move with the times, don't you? And mm. the world's in a different place than it was nine years ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, nine months ago. <laughs> you are nine months ago. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, absolutely. It's a good point. So, um, but no, it, it, I think what it did was it really crystallised my thoughts as mm -hmm. to well, when I'm saying I'm going to run a people development business for a living, what does it actually look like? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why merging with Rich was was also really good because we've now got two brains rather than one, and we yeah. we both got a very strong desire to uh, improve the way leadership is done in this country. We believe that there are really some really good leaders out there, but actually we don't train our leaders as, as well as we could do in this country. We mm -hmm. don't give them the skills and the knowledge and get them to embed the behaviors that, 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 that we need to. And you might say, well, how, where is, where's your evidence for that? Well, you just look at productivity figures in this country. You look at employee engagement figures in this country. <laughs> you look at well-being in the workplace figures in this country. And none of those are actually glorious yeah, yeah 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 so there's some stuff that that needs doing there now that's not all down to leadership mm. some of that there's a lot of personal responsibility in some of this stuff mm -hmm. but i believe and rich believes that actually great leadership in our businesses will improve those things mm -hmm. yeah and enable our businesses to thrive mm -hmm. yeah and that of course that has benefits to the community then because we're quite community focused as well right okay so if, if, if our businesses thrive our communities thrive mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. If, I suppose if people are more satisfied and fulfilled by their work and everything as a result, then that also you know, has a great effect on the community and yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we have this, whether it's cheesy or not, we say better leaders create better teams, create better businesses, creates a better world. You know, that, that, yeah. is, that is the philosophy at a very high level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's true. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Okay, so um, at what point then was Zantano born? So back July 2013, yeah. I got to the point where I thought, okay, I don't, I want to move beyond a self-employed business. I want to create something where I could brand it and you know mm -hmm. get it better known, move beyond the sort of lo locality of Worcestershire, mm -hmm. um, and so that's when Zantano was born as, as a vehicle to do that. Okay. And, um, and then, as I said, about, about three years later, looking for the right business partner to, to take take it in the right direction, Rich and I then decided we we wanted to merge together, create this this modern view of how a leadership should work, which mm -hmm. we've now done, mm -hmm. um, and then actually just help as many businesses as we possibly can to to embed that okay. in the way that they operate. Okay. And so, uh, what does the name mean? <laughs> yeah, Zentano. Good question. Um, when I was looking to give the company a name, I wanted it to be something different and something memorable. Yeah. So thought, well, if it begins with Z, that's obviously going to be great. <laughs> but the main reason was Rich and I uh, buy into this thing about, uh, it's called whole brain thinking. So it's, it's okay. about how human beings prefer to process information. Mm -hmm. There's four main thinking styles in, in, in whole brain thinking. And okay. what they effectively create is four different lenses of the world. Okay. And right. all of those lenses have value. So okay. no matter what your preference is for how you view the world, yeah, actually the best leaders are the ones that flex to all perspectives situationally. Okay. 
So I thought, okay, well, whole brain, that's, that's, I, I can't call my business whole brain. That's not very engaging. <laughs> it's like whole foods. So I looked around. <laughs> so you put my creative head on. I thought, well, okay, could I find some foreign language words that mean whole brain? And would, would they, would they create a nice business name? Okay. And that's where it was born from. So in the end, it was the Japanese, I think, for whole and brain, uh, which actually, yeah. when you put those two words together, <laughs> came up with Zentana. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. So, so you're right, it is a me memorable uh, yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. So most of them haven't got a clue what it means, but that's actually how it was born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so you're, you're, you you form Zentano and then you're a few years later you you sort of meet Rich or... Do you, you, you said before you decided that you wanted to join forces with Yeah, I'd met Rich originally because he was one of the support coaches on my diploma programme. Ah, okay, right. so, okay. so he, yeah okay um so i'd known i'd known of him mm -hmm. yeah he was at that point still working and employed himself mm -hmm. as well uh, but he'd, he'd set up on his own in 2014 so a year after a year after zentana was born um but i think both of us had this ambition to do more than just what we could do on our own yeah yeah um and that was when we had serious conversations about well do you want to do the same thing as me are we going in the same direction is mm -hmm. our sense of purpose aligned yeah uh, on a values level are we aligned because you you have to if you're going to do that you have to be aligned on a number of levels mm -hmm. okay and we decided we were yeah. we decided actually that collectively we would be far more powerful than than, than individually mm -hmm. on our own and and then we set about creating what we've now created which is the framework for modern leadership which we call connected leadership okay um, and that's a, a methodology if you like or a model for how modern leadership should work okay okay uh, and and, we, and we've now been talking about this for, for quite some time and it's and it's been landing really well with our clients and the and, and some of the people we network with and, and talk to right okay okay yeah yeah and uh and yeah obviously like you're saying developing all the time and uh and and honing what you're doing i suppose yeah and, and you know so when we coach people when we put people through um leadership development programs it's it's all with creating this this sense of a connected leader in mind and if you go to our website there's actually a video on what connected leadership is there's a okay. short little four minute video explaining what this is yeah um, but yeah no it's 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 about in essence connected leadership is about actually learning to align your sense of purpose with mm -hmm. your capability okay yeah right it's about learning to build relationships but also drive productivity because you know it, leadership requires you to do both things mm -hmm. um it's about aligning your own direction with the direction of your business um and it, it's got to start with self obviously because you you can't be a great leader of people if you can't lead yourself yeah okay. so self-awareness yeah. and self-management are the are the sort of starting points. Okay. The more effective I am, the more effective I'm going to be leading my teams and my and my business. Okay. Yeah. yeah so there's, yeah. there's a sort of ripple effect to this as well, and underpinning all of this, or, or central to all this, is 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 your mindset. So mm -hmm. do you have a, f a flexible, adaptive mindset? Because all good leaders need to react situationally to things, mm -hmm. and there'll be competing tensions. Yeah. So you know, there's a tension between building relationships with you with people and actually driving productivity, and you, you have to get right. that balance right. And okay, it's not an yeah. easy balance to get right. Yeah. 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 Um, most leaders are managing change constantly as well, and that's not easy. So how do, how do we use our our flexible, adaptive mindset to to lead change? This year obviously has tested that like no other year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can imagine. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, leadership's not easy. No, no, it really no, isn't absolutely. Easy, no. I suppose that's why uh, a lot of people 
don't want to get involved with it. No. <laughs> well, it's not for everybody. No, no, that's, no. that's for sure. I, I think I, I've, I've been in businesses where people have been promoted into leadership positions because they want to go up the hierarchy or they want to get you know more money or something. But that's actually not the reason to take it. To get yeah. more, more power, to get more status or to get more money isn't, isn't the right reason to do leadership management roles. Yeah. There's got to be okay. more to it than that because it's not easy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So when, when you and uh, when you and Rich merged, then, like, could you sort of estimate? Uh, this maybe a bit of an abstract question, but could you kind of estimate quantitatively, like, how much extra you were able to get done and achieve with two of you versus one of you? Because I, I imagine it's like it's not just twice as much; it's like a, a lot more than that, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can certainly look at. Um, things are like our, our turnover and profitability, but I, I don't think that's the main benefit from actually no, merging. No, uh, yeah. no. I think if I looked at that, that, that isn't the right measure. For me, it's about having somebody who is intellectually stimulating, who understands, you know, what what I'm trying to do and he and vice yeah. versa. I think somebody I can bounce ideas off of, somebody who doesn't always agree with me because I don't want that. I want somebody who's going to challenge me and say, actually, I don't mm-hmm. agree. I see it differently. So mm-hmm. we have lots of robust discussions, believe me, about <laughs> stuff and we don't always agree. Yeah. And that's actually the power of the partnership. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. We, we don't ever fall out. We have robust discussions. We We don't always agree. Yeah. So sometimes we have to find a way forward where we don't necessarily fully agree, but actually mm-hmm. for the good of the business, we have to make a decision and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly when, and certainly when we've been creating our, our um, intellectual property and, and everything else, yeah. what Rich brings with his background and his experience and what I bring with mine is both complementary um, but also, you know, we bring different things to that conversation, mm-hmm. and that's hugely powerful. Yeah, you I think when you work on your own, you don't—that's what you don't get, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's kind of what I was thinking behind the question, really, because I'm, you know, basically working on my own, and uh, yeah, don't I just wondered what it's like, sort of having someone there as an equal partner, you know, to bounce the ideas, and, and we've also got a good, great associates as well. So there's other people working with us, uh, uh, right. par- partners and associates that also bring huge value. Okay. So one of the guys yeah. who works with Andy Flack is, is a neuroscientist, uh, is a um, psych- psychotherapist and um, performance psychologist. Okay, right. So and, and he's worked with us both uh, designing and delivering stuff. And he brings another perspective mm-hmm. with his professional background as well, which um, as a leadership business like ours, hugely valuable having his his insights as well. Yeah, and sure. And again, so I think, that, and then we've got a partnership now with a lady called Beryl Cuckney who runs the Malvern Business Academy. Mm-hmm. Again, Beryl brings another set of skills and insights and yeah. as a partner to our business is really valuable. So you surround yourself with good people, I think, in, yeah. to, to, to build your business up and, and take it forward. Right, yeah. And we've got yeah. some great people that we work alongside. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, sounds like you're enjoying it. Yeah, I do. It's hard, hard work, but... <laughs> yeah, um, of course. No, I do enjoy it. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it because ultimately we also have people that I can see where with our help or our guidance, we've, we've helped move them forward. And that ultimately is why Rich and I get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, And if we can earn a really good living from doing that, great. Yeah. But for me, um, that's the really important thing. Yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. those results and seeing other people succeed. Yeah, seeing some, someone else just release their potential. Because I understand, you know, you'll understand from my childhood when I talked about that, I understand the power of somebody unleashing you yeah. from, <laughs> in, in your head where you think, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a bit limited here or I'm, I'm either sort of lost or um, confused or lacking confidence, whatever that is you're going, it's going on for you. And we yeah. all get different points in our life where that happens to us. Yeah. Someone who can just un- help you unlock that. Yeah. It's quite a powerful situation. Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty much what we spend our life hoping, trying to do. Yeah. 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 That no, sounds, sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, so in terms of the kind of business aspects and, you know, I know you said look forward and everything, but are there some kind of fail, like things that have gone a little bit wrong <laughs> that you can look back on and say, right, we learned a, a great lesson there that you could, you could share? Yeah, I think you have to try things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I would say is we're not marketing experts. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we believe we're good at what we do. We get told we're good at what we do, but we have to convince the world we're, we're good at what we do. <laughs> yeah. um, marketing's never been something that Rich and I have, have a lot of expertise in. And we have tried some things and actually that, that didn't actually work out very well. Or mm. we spent some money on that and it didn't really deliver what we expected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you just have to learn from that, don't you? You have to try mm. some things. Okay, it didn't work. Let's maybe go and try something else or get some advice yeah, on actually yeah. how to, because there are experts that can do this stuff for yeah. you, yeah. Um, you just have to, you have to sort of learn as you go along because you'll never have all the answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah? absolutely. Um, and part of the fun of running a business is actually some of the stuff that doesn't go right. Yeah. Because that actually develops you and that takes you forward. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. think I think if it had been an easy ride all the way through, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. No, yeah, that's a that's a fair point, I think. And yeah, probably, yeah, some people be surprised to hear anyone say something like that. But it's I know exactly what you mean. Well, they say, don't they, to learn and grow, you have to come out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I, I the one thing I don't want to do is sit in my comfort zone the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It never happened like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it easier to come out of it now than I would have done as a child. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. But actually, um, that's really important to me. Yeah. And it's a message I want to get to my, through to my children as well. You know, if you sit in your comfort zone all, all the time, that's not necessarily going to help you learn and grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It can be scary to come out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but actually, that's, that's where you, know, you can actually get that sort of sense of growth and, and moving yourself forward. Yeah. And you kind of push it. A little bit at a time, don't you? I think. Yeah, little steps. I think. It, yeah. I'm not. I'm not one of these people. That, even though I'm an optimist, that says, "Oh, you're always going to take massive leaps forward." You're not. Let's be honest. No. It's about the little steps that lead mm. to the big steps, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think so just so. taking those little steps, um, whatever those little steps are, towards yeah. where you want to be. But there's no there's no harm in dreaming big. You know that. Yeah. So when when we when Rich and I are looking at where we want our business to be in ten years' time, we, we need to think quite big about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you work out, okay, what are the little steps that are going to take you in that direction? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. So actually that's a good point. Something I've been thinking about a bit recently is kind of goal setting and longer term goal setting. And maybe it's around a vision or, a, um, yeah, probably a vision, I suppose, of where you want to be and everything. Do you, do you look that far ahead, like to 10 years? Or? Yeah, we do. So the methodology we've put in place to grow our business. So there is a sort of, 10, 15 year sort of time focus. And that's your sort of big picture, um, if I could make wave a magic wand, what would our business look like type of thinking. Yeah. yeah? Um, and we've got a sense of what that looks like. Um, we've got a sense of what the business looks like in three years time mm-hmm. with a bit okay. more detail around it. Yeah. Um, and then we pull that back into, okay, well, to, to achieve that 10 year, 15 year goal, whatever it looks like, mm. to get to that point in three years where we're on the route to 
know, getting there. Mm. What does the next year look like? And then, and then you set some more uh, specific goals around what do we need to achieve in the next year to get there. Mm. Mm. And then you pull that back again. So, so we, we tend to run on a quarterly world. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we, we, we sit down every quarter and say, what are the key priorities that our, our business needs to work on mm-hmm. in the next quarter to achieve our annual goals? Mm-hmm. And then we'll set for, for the company and for us as individuals a set of priorities, rocks we call them, um, that we are going to work on and, mm-hmm. and, and not try not to get sidetracked by other things that might come along. Because I think that's, it's very easy in business to, to, to be attracted to the new shiny idea, or but actually it takes you off off of track from where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And sure, we're quite yeah. prone to that because we like big shiny new things. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We've, we've really worked hard at saying, no, we know where we're going long term we know we're going in the short term now is the little steps of how we get there and 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 that's where the bullet journaling comes in because it just keeps you focused on not just your macro goals which is the longer term stuff but your micro goals which are the the stuff that's sort of the here and now stuff right okay so goal setting is a thing that works on a number of levels and it's really important yeah yeah okay yeah Yeah, i think i need to do a bit more of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I i guess most people could probably do more of that yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? You kind of get into the day-to-day and then you forget to, I guess what you're saying about reflecting, you forget to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. For but a that's minute. the next thing. Once, you, once you've got a, a stronger sense of where you're going and a stronger sense of what your goals are, then you have to translate it into behaviours. Yeah. And that's where habits and disciplines and, and that kind of thing come in because if you can't translate it into behaviours, you probably aren't going to achieve your goals yeah yeah so one of the one of the challenges is actually okay well what behaviors do we need to adopt mm-hmm. to actually make this become a reality and all yeah. businesses have this challenge yeah. yeah yeah so you often get businesses that say well we've got a set of company values but when you ask okay well if i was going to come and work for you mm. how do i demonstrate those values what have i got to do to there isn't that level of detail well we haven't thought we haven't thought in that kind of detail right actually okay. we need to then yeah, 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 sure. Because the number one thing that engages people in their in their work is they know what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. And that's tasks, that's goals, but that's also behaviours. Right, okay, okay, interesting. Mm. Cool. Well, I think we're probably coming up for time, <laughs> I believe it or not. I just had a look on the recorder. I thought we'd been talking for about 25 minutes, and uh, it's been like 52, 53 minutes, oh, wow, okay. believe it or not. <laughs> so... Um, Perhaps we'll have to do this again sometime in the future and uh, yeah, love to. carry on and do a part two. But um, yeah, uh, people can find you at zentanogroup.com. Yeah. You're fairly active on LinkedIn, I think, yes, as well. Yes, we're both, uh, Rich Horton, Dave Morris, we're both active on LinkedIn. Yeah, okay, so we'll pop those links in the show notes as well. Is there anywhere else people should head to find you or is that the best? That's the best place, it's certainly yeah. to find us, yeah. Okay, um, find out some more. Excellent. Some more, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. That's been uh, really good. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.